Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage. And yesterday, Tyler uh, and I, we were talking about the subject of being surrendered to God and also living a separated Christian life. And we're in this passage of the Bible in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, a passage that is very familiar to uh, many of us. And uh, Tyler's again with us here today, and we're going to be discussing more on this topic. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Mm. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, Tyler, what's your first takes on this about presenting your your bodies a living sacrifice? Um, I I actually did recently a study over these verses. Um, if I can interject something very quickly, these verses are are some of the most popular, well known verses uh, amongst Christians. And if you're not careful, you skip over things like that because you're used to it. Um, so I I don't I don't know about you, uh, brother Wallace, but I think it's important sometimes that we make sure we don't fast forward through those things that we think we know in our heart. Um, but I, I would say this, one of the things that stood out to me that I've, I never saw before, uh, except when I studied it recently, that part where it says that you present your body as a living sacrifice. When I, when I first read these verses, I thought that that was something that I would do one time, that God would accept it, and then I was good to go. Right. And, and I just kind of always looked at it that way. I know I'm, I'm ignorant and probably everybody else got it and and I missed it maybe, but, but, uh, but when I, when I was reading it this last time and I I was looking at that, you know, God was speaking to my heart and this is what he told me. He said, presenting yourself a living sacrifice is something that you have to do every single day of the Christian life. It's not something that you do once and you, you get this ticket and you can just hold it forever. It's something that you have to do every day. And, and I, and as I, as God was showing me that he, he brought up some verses to my memory, Romans, uh, chapter seven and verse 14. I don't think anybody would argue the fact that Paul is one of the greatest Christians that ever lived. I mean, I, I'm not lifting up man, but Paul has done a lot, uh, for the Lord. And, uh, and he says this in Romans chapter seven and verse 14, for we know that it is the law, uh, that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I, that uh, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I can sin unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would do, that I, uh, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, that's kind of a tongue twister, if you ask me, all, all the all the do's and, and don'ts and everything. It can almost be kind of confusing for, for me at times, the, word, the verbiage there. But this it simply means this. Paul is saying, I find myself doing the things that I know I am not supposed to do. And I find myself not doing the things that I know I, uh, that God wants me to do, and I'm not doing those things. And I, I realize that, you know, as spiritual as we think we are sometimes, if Paul struggled with that, I struggle with that. And then, he, and then if you think of 1 Corinthians 15.31, he says, I die daily. Now, the Bible says we're to present ourselves a living sacrifice. The Bible says that 
uh, Paul struggled with this, uh, these things on a daily basis and the fact that he has to die daily. And so when you think about that, when you think about presenting your body as a living sacrifice, that's not something that we should read and do one time. That's something that I think every single day of our lives we have to wake up and be reminded of that. We, we, today, Lord, before my feet uh, hit the ground and before I get out of bed, I want to present my body to you, a living sacrifice, a a tool, a vessel for you to use for your glory. May you do that for me today, Lord. What you're raising is uh, is is very true. You know, it was said that we're to crucify ourselves every day, mm-hmm. to put ourselves on that cross every day. In other words, what does that say? We're laying down our life, uh, the flesh, reminding ourselves on a daily basis every morning. And I praise God for the verses that tells us, you know, that His mercies are renewed every morning, every day. Yeah. And 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 I'm so privileged and and uh, and been blessed of God in that. And uh, how true that is. We need to remind ourselves if we're going to live the life that God will get glory out of. Because what are we talking about? A life that's holy, acceptable mm-hmm. unto God. That's our goal. That we are accepted. Not that we get saved through this. Mm-hmm. This is where people make the big big mistake, think that their salvation is based in their goodness. No, what James was trying to tell us there is that uh, if you're truly saved, then your works will show it. Mm-hmm. And how are we supposed to live? Our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And this is the part that's kind of, it kind of hurts to hear this bit, which mm-hmm. is your reasonable service. Mm-hmm. You, you think I'm asking the world of you, but really what I'm asking of you is just something that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. When we think of what God did for us, yeah. when he saved us, he gave us pardon for our sins when he should have given us eternal damnation for our sins. He should have given us uh, his punishment, his wrath, all that should have fell upon us. But instead, his love and mercy mm-hmm. fell upon us. So... When it says, this, this is your reasonable service, look what God has done for me. Not only has he given me life, but he's also given me a new life, an abundant life. And praise God for that, that I should want to have a desire to be surrendered. Because that's, you know, if you surrender yourself to God, that's what a living sacrifice is. Yeah. Lay your life down as a sacrifice. And, and I just want to say this, this one small thing. Why is it? When it talks about that reasonable service, uh, why it's a reasonable service, why is it worded that way, and why is it so hard for us? Because if we're not careful, what Jesus did when he died on the cross for us becomes just an old story and not real to us each and every day. Now, think think about that for a minute, right? Especially those maybe second-generation Christians that grew up in church and have been hearing about God all their lives, right? It's what God did for us is an unbelievable thing. And I, I understand I'm not saying anything that people haven't heard before, but that's the problem maybe is that we've heard it so many times and we've known this story for so many times that it begins to become old for us, right? It's, it's, like, it's like something that's, that's, that needs to, you know, I, I think about Psalms and it's either Psalm 50 or 51 where David says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The day David got saved, man, he was... I think he was bouncing off the walls like a pinball and a pinball machine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But as time goes on, we become, we become more deadened to that. And it is our reasonable service, and it is a big deal what, what Jesus did when he died on the cross for us. 
and and it's important in our lives, I think, that we should mention, don't let that get old to you. Don't let that just become some story that you've heard your whole life. That's something that we need to ask God to rejuvenate and stir our spirits up each and every day for. You know, you've said this a couple times, either today or some you said yesterday, I'm not sure, but you mentioned first-generation Christians, second-generation Christians, and I, I'm a second-generation Christian. Mm-hmm. My children are third-generation. Mm-hmm. And there is something about being, you know, so many advantages given to a kid who's born into a Christian home that have parents who love the Lord, who are living the Word. You know, they're not perfect, but they're doing the best that they know. And uh, they want their children to know the truth, and they get exposed to it at an early age. That's what happened to me. My daddy was a preacher, and, and I got saved at the age of five. And both of my kids got saved at an early age. I think both of them around five years of age when they got saved as well. And and they don't, they've not experienced that transformation yeah. that has occurred. Yeah. They have so many benefits that are given to them that they didn't get into the sin of this world like others did. But still, they have to have a daily walk with God. Absolutely. It's just as vital to them, to a second, third, fourth, fifth generation. In fact, if they're not careful, they get, I don't know if the word institutionalized is the right word here. Yeah. But they get caught up in the churchisms. Mm -hmm. The way of life is just, it's all they know. And their walk with God is not necessarily genuine. Yeah. It's just habits. Yeah. It's uh it's such a such a a good thing that you brought up there. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in the addictions ministry. I talked about that before and it's one of the most beautiful things because you get to see God changed someone's life right before your very eyes in a very short amount of time. And I'm talking about a change. I'm talking about, you know, cursing, drugs, gang membering, whatever you want to call all that stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like that stuff is gone. This is a new creature and you can see it. And he's, I I know one guy in particular I can think of right off the top of my my mind that would, that literally stopped a semi truck one day to give a guy a gospel track, you know, and that's a little bit extreme, by the way, I'm not condoning anybody to do this. Okay. So, so don't, don't bring that back and say, well, Tyler said, you know, that I should stop semi trucks. I'm not advocating that, but, but I'm saying he was a new creature, right? And I, I had I had another person that um, that sat in my office one day. He was a missionary kid. He grew up knowing all the right things to say, and and he was struggling in life. And he, you know, he 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 wasn't following his authorities. He was making some wrong decisions. I don't know why, but he uh, he kind of looked up to me a little bit and wanted to get, ask me for advice, you know. And so one day he's sitting in my office, and and our two Bible truths, our first two Bible truths, and and hope the first one is uh, that only God knows how to make life work. The second one is, is that God's word is absolute truth. And I asked him both of those questions. I said, I, 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 I want to know, do you believe these things? I said, I don't want you to answer it right now. I want you to tell me later. I want you to think about it. We'll talk about it later. And so an hour later, so we got my office and, and he sat there and I said, I asked him if he believed those things. And he said, yes, I believe those things. Then I said, why? And he said, because that's what my parents taught me. And I noticed something in that moment, that very moment that struck me. It was very strong. Okay, I'm no better than anyone, whether you're first generation Christian, second generation Christian, whatever it is. But what I noticed was God was never real in his life. 
He never had a moment, a time in his life. I, 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 don't, I don't believe he was saved. I don't know. But, but he, ever, he never had a moment in his own life where he saw that God was real. It was just that his parents had taught him this and, and that he was in church. And by, I, Listen, those are good things. I'm raising my kids that way it, to be in church and to do all those different things. But at some point, God needs to be real in the lives of second and third generation Christians too, or they're just going to fall into that playing the game, saying the, saying the right things and getting by as a lost person on their way to hell. We say this program, you know, meeting at the corner of truth and courage. I feel many Christians live in kind of a pride. Oh, we've got truth. We've got all the, the knowledge, and we've got all this type of stuff there. But they haven't figured out how to implement it, how to enact it, to, to make it work in their life. And they live as cowards because they haven't seen God's Word transform them. They, they're believers. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in their mind about that. And I doubt... You know, it would be wrong to say that they're not saved because they haven't seen the power of God unleashed. But I will say this, and I've said it often, and I believe it because God's Word says so, that you become a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. God never saved anybody. He didn't change. Mm-hmm. And and some of our listeners might be third, fourth generation Christians, and but they haven't really experienced the power of God working. And maybe it's because they haven't really surrendered their life they have they're just following the customs they're going with the flow they're keeping up with um with you know how everybody else is yeah but they haven't really surrendered their life i believe it will dramatically change their life if they do that because when we get to that next stage and tomorrow i want to talk about this not to be conformed to this world but be transformed Mm -hmm. and we're gonna have to stop here but uh encourage you listeners to join us again in about 24 hours at the corner of truth and courage. God bless you. God bless.